What's up, guys? It's your boy, Stevie G, coming back at you with another what? Episode of the Seamless Garage Podcast, right? Um, if you don't know who I am, again, my name is Stevie G. I am a master technician, ASC certified, right? ASC certified master technician. Also, uh, basically a senior master technician at Nissan. I've been with the Nissan dealer that I'm with right now for 10 years. Um been in the field a very long time, even though I'm, I'm pretty young in the field uh, for most people. But anyway, I like to bring technical stuff. I like to bring ways to excel, tips, tricks, how-tos on getting in the automotive field and excelling. So um, with that being said, if that's something you're interested in and you're new here, make sure you follow, make sure you subscribe. And if you end up liking this video, make sure you like it. And if this is something you know someone else could use, let's spread the word, man. Let's share this thing with everybody and get this information out there. Um, I don't think there's enough of it. I do see some channels on YouTube. There, there are a few, but I don't think there's enough of it because let me tell you, you know, out in the field personally myself, you know, I go to different shops. I got a lot of friends at different shops, uh, independents, dealerships, all that good stuff. And these guys are all over YouTube, right? They're all on YouTube looking up their favorite hobbies and stuff like that and researching. They should know more, right? There should be more info about this kind of stuff on YouTube. So I'm trying to shed the light on what it takes to be in a dealership, what it takes to be in a mechanic shop as a mechanic. And I'm trying to teach everybody that it's a wonderful living. And if you do it right, you can really kill it. And, um... I enjoy it. I enjoy my job. So uh, currently right now I'm a shop foreman. And so I'm uh, kind of fostering and teaching the guys that are coming in um, how to do it right and, and how to how to make a good living and be successful in the field. And so that's what I'm trying to do on this YouTube channel as well. Uh, with that being said, this episode is going to be about three keys to excelling as a mechanic in an automotive shop. So without further ado... Let's hop into the episode. Alright guys, let's get into this episode. But before we do real quick, if you're interested in any merch, we've got hats. Okay, we got this one. We got the seamless hat. This one here. Alright, we got those. And we got them with the white on the back. All right, I'll, I'll put up some pictures. Also, we have the seamless shirt, you know, the general white block out on them. Um, and we have the everything full throttle shirt. Again, I'll put that up here for you to see. Um, if you're listening on the audio form of the podcast, make sure you check out our YouTube channel, The Seamless Garage. With that being said, let's hop into the three keys to excelling as a mechanic, all right? So key number one is very important if you don't do this you really can't do the rest of the things i'm going to advise you to do okay um and this one may be super obvious for a lot of you but let me tell you guys it's not obvious for everybody so if you feel like i'm talking to you here maybe you take this info put it in your back pocket and uh start applying it i'm telling you it sounds simple but it works i'm telling you from a management aspect if you do these things you're going to be a killer and I can trust you. I can I can really teach you what I what I want to teach you. That way you can get to where you want to be, and uh, do what you want to do, right? So this first one starts with showing up on time, and then staying until the job's done. 
basically what I'm trying to say there is it's not an eight to five, all right? Um, being a technician, being a mechanic is not an eight to five. They may give you the hours of, hey, you got to be here at eight and we're off at five. They may give you that, all right? Um, and and uh, there's going to be some nuances, right, from one dealer to the other. There really is, and I understand that. But let me tell you, Show up early if you can. I know, I know. Everybody tells you that. Your grandfather told you that. Your dad told you that, right? Show up early. It's true, man. It's true. Especially for this field. It isn't just so you can look good to the employer. Trust me. It does help with that. Trust me. But it's mainly because you can get started sooner. Now, as a young adult coming into the field, I was that same way. If they told me eight. I'm there right at 8, right? Or maybe even a little late. And then I would just use an excuse that, you know, there was traffic or this and that, right? But the reality is, if you get there right at 8, let's say that you pull in at 8. Now you got to walk down, you know, or I say walk down the hill because we have to walk down the hill from the parking lot. But let's just, you got to walk in from the parking lot, right? Then you got to, if you're one of those guys that walks in on your street clothes, now you got to change into your uniform. You got your coffee or whatever. You got your breakfast. Some of you guys want to eat breakfast on the clock, which is it's fine. But like, if you're eating while you're doing something, but some of you guys will sit down at your desk, eat your breakfast, and then get started. Right? I've seen it time and time again. By the time you get started, it's eight thirty, maybe even nine, right? Maybe even nine. Some guys take that long, and so you're really not ready till nine. So you don't waste a whole hour. So if you get in early. You can kind of get that going, get your PC up and running, you know, get all your windows and everything that you're normally going to use up and running. Um, you know, as a mechanic and a technician these days, you use the computer a lot, so that needs to be up and running, everything logged in and ready to go. Okay, um, all your you, this gives you an opportunity to get all your tools reorganized. If you're not like me, I do them at night after work. I get it all ready for the next day. Um, I got to be organized, man, or my, my brain is just all over the place. So have to be organized on that aspect. Anyway, whatever that it looks like for you, getting ready for the day. So when 8 o'clock does hit, or, may, hey, maybe you get there early and you start, get started at 7.30. I mean, now you're 30 minutes ahead of the game. I know you're like, Stevie, that's 30 minutes I could be sleeping or 30 minutes I could be with my family or whatever. But the reality is, you got to get ready for the day, man. We all, it all, it don't matter who you are. You can be the most efficient dude in the world, and there's something you're going to have to do when you get to work before you can get started, logging in or what have you. So just keep that in mind. So on the back end of things, it's going to sound like I'm just trying to, you know, make you grind, put your nose to the grindstone, and just be the hardest worker ever, and you'll never get any family time or whatever. But hey, you got to remember something, man. Again, you're coming in this field most likely because you want to you want a career. You found a career in it. You found an interest in it, or you found an opportunity at the very least, right? And you want to come into this field. You're gonna to have to put in some work. We got to get this plane off the ground, right? You ever heard that analogy that the plane takes full throttle to get it off of the runway, right? And then they can coast back once they get up there. Now, here's the deal. I'm a little bit different. I don't like the idea of coasting back. So I think if I was a if I was a pilot, I'd get up in the air and I'd still full throttle to my destination, right? But I'm just saying, 
takes a lot of effort to get off the runway. Right now, you know, you may be in the field for a while, so I may be preaching to the choir on some of these things, but maybe these will help you get where you want to be. But if you're just beginning as a technician mechanic, you just got the spot, you got to get rolling, man. And so what I mean by that is you've got to learn that it's going to take more than just your eight to five time to get ahead or get even near some of these guys that have been in the field for a while. If they're anything like me, they put in extra extra time. Excuse me. But we'll talk about that in the next one. But anyway, your cutoff time's at five, they say, right? Let's say that they say it's at five. But you're doing, you know, front break. Let's say you're doing a break job, right? And you're not done. It's five o'clock. Your alarm goes off. You're not done. Are you going to stop? You're stopping right there? You can. Sure. You can stop right there, pick up where you left off the next morning. But let me ask you this. How does it feel to come in and still got to finish up a job you had started the day prior? Now, you're going to have those jobs. Don't get me wrong. You're doing an engine job or something like that, and you get started later in the day. It may take you a couple, uh, you know, a day and a half, two to do it, okay, depending on the job. But I'm just saying that break job, why not just go ahead and finish it up there? Now you got to get the lathe back running the next morning. Hopefully somebody else didn't stay late and need the lathe, right? Um, so there's all these scenarios that I don't want to go over, but what I'm just trying to say is make sure that um, – you finish up your job, like make your life easier. What I'm trying to say is that it's not an eight to five, right? So just because they, they close at five or or you're off at five doesn't mean you have to just stop what you're doing right there. The reason I'm trying to stress this is because our field is like no other, okay? Like there are a lot, a lot of different, like say sales, for instance, you know what I mean? It's all based off the car, but majority of America's work or just the majority of most work that I know about is hourly. Okay, I can only speak for you know America. I haven't been in other countries, so I don't really know how they get paid. But in America, the majority is hourly. Like I'm just trying to get my forty right. I'm just working my eight to five or nine to five, whatever it is, and I'm trying to get my forty hours a week because that's all the employer will let me get anyway, right? That's basically the way they look at it. You know, they don't want you getting OT when you're hourly. It's different in our field. You can get as many hours as you want as long as you aren't hourly. Like there are some technicians that are hourly, but for the most part, it's going to be flag rate, okay? Which means, let's say a job takes two hours. If I get it done in one hour, I still get paid the two. If I get it done in two, I still get paid the two. If I get that job done in three hours, I still get paid the two hours. So do you see the advantage and kind of disadvantage too, but really it's an advantage, okay? Which means I can flag uh, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 hours a week and only be there 40, Maybe 50, like I said, if you stay a little bit late. That's what I'm trying to stress to you is maybe you stay late 30 minutes, maybe an hour, right? Finish up that job. That way you come in fresh the next morning again, getting there early, right? Start your routine, get ready, and then you're ready for the next ticket when the dispatcher, the foreman, whoever, the service rider comes to you and go, hey, can you knock this out? You're not still turning rotors and brakes. That's another thing is, Yes, it may be a facade, but let me tell you something. Your riders and your service managers and your foremans and all that, they're watching you. And yeah, it may be a facade, but let me tell you, when you come in and they see that and they're like, man, that car is still here, in their head, they they think you're, you're busy, right? And you may almost be done, but the fact is they think you're busy because that car is still there from the previous day. So, and uh, you can say whatever you want. Well, they shouldn't think that or whatever. I would not bark up that tree. 
um, that dog's not going to hunt, I would just go ahead and, and try to go into that realm of, hey, I want them to know I ain't got any work. I want them to come in and see that my bay's empty. Give me something I'm eating. I'm eating right now. I'm hungry. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like, come in with some energy, some bravado. Let's get it. Uh, this guy is after it. That's what you want to, that's what the remarks that you want to hear from. You know what I mean? Like, you may not even hear him, but other people are saying it. This guy's a killer. He gets it done. He stays a little bit late. You know what I mean? I understand there's going to be days you can't. Trust me, I have those days where I can't stay late. But if you can, if you have a job, cool. If you, I, I'm not saying, if you don't have a job, man, if you don't have anything left over, or it's it's 4.30, 4.45, and, and um, you have another job, but you haven't been able to get started on it yet, I'm not, I'm not saying get started on it. I'm not saying stay late and get that done. Uh, you know, go home on time. But I'm just saying if you can and you need to, let's get it. You know what I'm saying? It's all dependent on the job that you're doing, right? So, so number two, number two, perfect your craft even when you're not at work. Um, this is, this is, should apply to everybody, all right? But I realize that there's technicians and mechanics out there that, um, aren't completely passionate about their job. They're just kind of there to make a paycheck. But if that's the case, I don't believe you're watching this video. Um, and I don't believe that uh, you would even be interested in this channel. Maybe you would. Maybe there are some tips here that will help you that you just simply want to make more money. But um, I believe that if you're on this channel and you're watching this video right now, that you're passionate about what you do and that this is, this is what you love to do, right? Um, so with that being said, if that's the case then you need to spend time on your craft. You need to continue to perfect your craft each and every day. The field's always evolving, right? We know that. Cars change every day. You know, technology isn't like just blowing us away, but I'm saying let's continue to improve. You know, we got EVs that are really trying to get pushed in. Um, but even with that, you know, even if technology isn't changing, the manufacturers are always trying to redesign things and and so you've got to relearn how to R&R something that's been the same way for 15 years, but now they want to change it. If it ain't broke, don't fix it, Nissan. No, I'm just kidding. But anyway, so with that being said, perfect your craft. One way you can do that is putting in the extra time. It doesn't stop. You know, I just told you to stay late for your work. Even then, bro. Like I said, you got to put your nose to the grindstone and get that plane off the ground. So that means we're going to have to do more than the average Joe if we want to be more than the average Joe. One of my favorite sayings, do what other people don't so you'll have what other people won't, okay? So I love that one. So with, like I said, you're going to have to do more than the average Joe if you want to get up in this field. And if you are obsessed and you and you really love this field, it's your passion, you should be doing this anyway. It came naturally to me. I'm just giving you guys advice on stuff that came naturally to me because I love this field. Um, so what do I mean by putting in extra time after work, right? Not, why, not, not there at work. Now, some of this may require you to stay late and fill it out or during slow times fill it out, but you can do some of this stuff at, the, at home too. What I mean is, Put in extra time and effort. Separate yourself from the rest of the field so you can succeed. And the way you're going to do that is by putting in extra time getting familiar with the service manual. That's that's a very important one. I want to say it's number one, but all these are really number one. Okay, 
That's a very important one. If you don't know how to navigate the service manual, it doesn't matter that you know the service manual is valuable if you can't find what you're looking for. The service manual is usually big. All right, I'm saying book, but it's all online now. Okay, Maybe you are in a shop that's still using Chilton books and stuff like that, but for the most of you, it's going to be online. You're going to be using either the dealership's manual, if you're a Nissan, Toyota, Ford, whatever, the manufacturer's manual, or you're going to be using all data, Mitchell, on demand, you know, one of those. With that being said, you got to learn how to navigate. Use your search bar. I'm going to make a whole other episode on how to learn the service manual. I really want to do that. But, you know, just give you a little couple tips here. Learn how to use the search bar. Sometimes search bar is not like Google. Trust me. you got to word it right. If you misspell, nothing shows up. You know, those type of things. So it's a different type of search manual. But, but use that search engine for stuff. Learn how to navigate. Learn how to find times. Learn how to to figure out where something is in a section, okay? I've gotten so good at this, but I've also been in the field for a while, right? Like, I've, I've got quite a bit of experience, I mean. But what I'm saying is, I'm able to help parts find parts in their catalog because I know what section it should be in and I understand where it could be, right? Um, and each manufacturer is different, too, as to where they like to put certain things, okay? Trust me, you go in that parts manual... There are some parts that's like, why is it in this section? I don't know, but it is what it is. You know, that's the developers of the manufacturer. Um, so putting in extra time for the service manual, all right? Learning that, studying that, like the back of your hand. That's one thing that helped me excel. While the rest of the guys were like trying to either look at the car and figure it out or having somebody help them or whatever, or they just simply did not know how to use a service manual. I was running through it, and then I would show them where it is, and I would show them how to get to it quickly, right? Little shortcuts. Again, I'm going to make a video on that because I think it will really help you all out. The next one is getting familiar with the scan tool that you will be using, okay? If it's an independent shop, then you're going to be using something like a Snap-on, a Matco, a Mac, or uh, there are some other brands that aren't tool uh, that aren't tool truck brands that I heard are really good. Um, you'll have to excuse me. I'm not really familiar uh, like, I'm a f familiar with a couple of the Snap-on ones, but I'm not familiar with most of your aftermarket scan tools because I am in a dealership, uh, you know, lucky to have the, you know, the make and model, the, the Nissan brand uh, scan tool, so the Consult 3 Plus. Um, anyway, get familiar with that. What do, I, what do I mean by that? Well, if you have extra time while you're on a car, you don't have a whole lot going on, Dig through there and look at data. You know what I mean? Look at data and see what normal data is supposed to look like on a normal running car. I've uh, I've put this tip out there before on a previous podcast, but look at that. You know what I mean? That way you kind of know what's normal and what's not. I understand you can find those specs in the service manual. Sometimes they're not always right, but also the more you do it, the more familiar you get with it, right? Um, so doing that, learning where everything is, you know, how to use work support, you know, how to use bi-directional controls, um, how to program, <clears throat> you know, all these important programming keys, um, pulling software off of one module and putting it on the other, uh, you know, all these different things that are at your disposal that you may not even realize, right, especially if you're new into the game or you haven't been to very many, you know, <clears throat> training courses or anything like that. You may not know that these are to your disposal. 
<clears throat> and they may just open up the game for you. I mean, you may just realize, hey, <clears throat> and again, if you're in there navigating, you realize that, hey, I can do this, I can do that, and you can save it for later when you need it, and it's another tool in your bag of how to diagnose or repair a vehicle. I mean, that's it, you know what I mean? So learn that scan tool. Uh, the next one, researching systems and components that you're not familiar with. So just like I give advice on when you're building your toolbox and you have to borrow tools, you write that down, right? You, every time you borrow a tool, you write it down. That way it's on your list of things to buy. Same thing with when you run into something, and, and for you new guys, it's going to be a big list, right? But when you run into something that you haven't seen before or even this, like put it in your mind, oh, I don't know everything about that. Boom, research it. That was me. I was crazy about it. You know, I have a passion about it, so I want to know everything. I don't want to just know how to make money. I don't want to just know how to R&R quickly. I don't want to just know, uh, you know, how to get the tickets in and out. I want to know how I can understand everything about the vehicle, even when I'm away from the service manual. I'm away from the dealership. I can tell you how it works. You know what I'm saying? I don't need all of that because I understand it because I wanted to understand it. I took the time to figure it out. So what I was saying about that list is, you know, you run into it. Oh, I don't know much about the AC system. All right, write that down. You know what I mean? Oh, this is a lane departure. Um, I don't know much about it. Write that down. Where do you think we're going to go? So for one, we're going to go back to the service manual, okay? And we can research there, okay? How does this manufacturer use it? But number two, you're going to come to YouTube, all right? And you're going to research it. Not everybody's going to know what they're talking about, but find a reliable source. Research it. Figure it out. Find old, like go on Google and search and try to find old um, old studies on it. Old in, There's a lot of stuff out there that will really help you in different ways you can research. Hop in your ASE book. Do it that way. There's a lot of info in there. There's a lot of info in the, um, I don't even know what edition they're on now, bro. But the Automotive Technologies book, there's a big one that they, they offer you at UTI. And pretty much any kind of automotive school you go to, you're going to get that big book. It's a good place to research. Be a nerd about it and try to understand everything about it. Not only do you want to understand how it works, but you want to understand how it fails and what happens, what it looks like when it fails. This is also important. You need to know what things look like when they fail and how they operate when they fail, okay? Whether it's completely, they just quit communicating altogether or whether it's, you know, a misfire or what, whatever it may cause, you want to understand that, okay? So you really want to figure that out, in and out, both ends of the spectrum on how it works um, and go through the whole car until you fully understand it. And then guess what? When you fully understand it, the manufacturer is going to come out with something new and different, or they're going to change something. Um, there's going to always be something to learn. All right, so key number three. All right, key number three. Um, this one is kind of like you're just going to have to, it's a mental shift for you. Um, you may or may not have it. This may never happen to you. Um, but I'm just going to say get obsessed with figuring out how everything works. This kind of this kind of piggybacks off the other one, but get obsessed about it. Get obsessed about the feel. And what I mean by everything works is not just the car. 
get obsessed about you know how they're parking them in the back and how that could better benefit you if you understood the way they're parking them some some people park them in order some people park them front ways only some people park you know waiters in the back or what you know like there's certain ways to do it understand all of that to a T that's going to help your efficiency be obsessed with the way the the writers write the stories so that you can understand that and understand your customer better okay be obsessed with understanding the customer so that you get the job done right. So you know what they're talking about. You actually care that it's fixed instead of you're just fixing the car so you can make money, right? There's more to it than that, guys. You're fixing you're fixing people's transportation that they have to get that is their livelihood, right? They have to get back and forth to work every day. They have to get back and forth to the hospital because they have a family member that has cancer. Or maybe they have cancer. They have to get... Uh, you know, across the world doing different things, right? Or getting, you know, if you're working on, you know, big diesels and stuff, it's uh, transporting things. So you're dealing with important stuff, so you should really care how the job's done. You should really be obsessed with getting it done right, getting it back to the customer, it getting back to the customer better than it was when it got to you, and the concern they had being repaired, okay, and, and no longer being there, all right? So get obsessed with that. Again, getting obsessed with how the car works, getting obsessed with the systems on it, getting obsessed with why the manufacturer used a certain fastener where they did. All of this helps you understand what the manufacturer's thinking, how you need to approach things, and how things are designed. Also, how things come apart. So there's actually, excuse me, there's actually four there. There's actually four things that you can understand there. Again, you know, understanding how the car was designed, understanding what the manufacturer was thinking, you know what I mean? Understanding how fasteners work. Because if you start questioning, okay, why did they do it this way? Then you might realize why all the manufacturers do it that way or why other bolts are in the way they are or what kind of thread pitch they are. All of this stuff is important. There's more to our job than a lot of people think, okay? All of this stuff is very, very important. So if you... If you get in there and you get obsessed with it, then you're going to find yourself not, it's not going to feel like work to you, all these other things I told you to do. It's not going to feel like work. It's going to come natural and it's going to be like, well, of course I would do this. This is what I love to do, so this is this is how I need to excel, right? It wouldn't come as work anymore. It would just be a part of your passion. So with that being said, guys, that's all I got. Get obsessed with the field if you're really about it and hit these three things up. Showing up on time, maybe staying late, right, if you need to to finish a job. Perfect your craft even when you're not there. And, baby, let's get obsessed about our field and about our craft, okay? Let's get some pride in what we do, and let's become the best at what we do. Or, at the very least, better than we were the day before. With that being said, it's been your boy Stevie G. We are the Seamless Garage, and we'll see you on the next episode. I'm out. Later.